Thank you, Chrissy, for that word of testimony. And yes, happy Mother's Day. It's the day when we celebrate and appreciate uh, mothers. After all, honoring mothers, it made God's top 10 list, right? Honor your mother and father. So it's the, one of the 10 big ones. So it's very biblical to celebrate Mother's Day. And you know, I, I pray that this message today is going to speak to everyone who's gathered listening here or online, but I especially hope that it encourage mothers. Um, especially encourage mothers who might be struggling, uh, those who might be feeling overwhelmed, uh, those who maybe have a hurt or, or hurting child, maybe those who have a child who's abandoned God or abandoned them and they're estranged, or, or maybe those who have lost a child. You know, in the midst of your grief, I think what the Scripture is going to say today, in the midst of your struggle, you can f- encounter Jesus and find hope beyond yourself. And that's really the sermon series we're in is, is called Encountering Jesus. And it, the fact is many different people encountered Jesus, uh, tax collectors and, and fishermen, uh, the religious, the skeptical. And Jesus affected each one in a very profound way. And we've been looking at various counselors we're going to continue. And today we're going to look at an encounter Jesus had with an, a grieving mother and that encounter just like we've seen, changed her life and her family's life in an incredible way. So let's get right to it. Let's look at Luke chapter 7, verses 11 through 17 in our Encountering Jesus series. And again, see how Jesus encounters this mom who's grieving. So Luke 7, verse 11. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nan, And his disciples in a great crowd went with him. And as he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came up and touched the bier, and the bearers stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all and they glorified God saying, a great prophet has risen among us and God has visited his people. And this report about him spread throughout the whole of Judea and all the surrounding country. It's a very interesting encounter and we have a a, a painting that sort of captures this. Thankful for Gretchen for painting that and the worship arts team that that puts together a lot of those paintings and and decorations to help us sort of think of things in a different way. But this encounter, let me give you the context of it. Luke includes this encounter right after Jesus heals a centurion's servant up in Capernaum, and we'll talk about that some other day. Um, But then Jesus goes the 20 or so miles to this small town called Nan. And that town is not that far from a town called Shunem. Now, for those of you, those Old Testament scholars, you might remember in 2 Kings chapter 4, the great prophet Elijah, right? Now, Elijah, and there's Elisha. Elisha healed the Shunammite woman's son. Her son had died, and he, Elisha, raised him. From the dead. This was only a stone's throw away from that. So, as the people had seen Jesus heal or bring to life really this, this dead 
uh, this young dead man, they must have been thinking, wait a minute, Elisha did that just down the road. So no wonder in verse 16 they start saying, a great prophet has risen among us because Elisha did the same thing, again, not very far away. So as Jesus was going into this town, the funeral procession was mostly likely coming out of the town because in that day, all the cemeteries were outside of town because um, according to Jewish ceremonial law, you know, if you had dead bodies in the town, that would make the town unclean. So you would bury the bodies outside the town. So as Jesus is going into the town, most likely this procession is coming out of the town. This mother, she was burying her only son. Now, if that wasn't gut-wrenching enough, she was a widow. And so what that meant is in that day and age, she was probably not only grieving the loss of her son, she's probably wondering, how am I going to survive? Because, again, men owned, did the work and owned most of the land and all of that stuff. So without a husband, without her son, what's she going to do? I mean, she probably wasn't thinking about that because she was so overcome with grief, but it must have been in her mind, and it just made the situation seem even more hopeless, right? That, yes, her only son has died, and now how is she going to survive? And as Jesus encountered this grieving mother, what would he do? Would the Son of God regard this hopeless situation? Well, verse 13 says, And when the Lord saw her, saw this grieving woman, he had compassion on her. You know, many times in the Gospels when we read about Jesus doing something miraculous, it will often say that Jesus did this to to kind of boost his credentials, to show that this, his teaching, his ministry has the power of God behind it and has God's signature. That's why he says, I'm doing these works because they'll testify of me, of who I am. But here we see, well, why does Jesus heal this, the, um, raise this woman's uh, son from the dead? Well, for compassion. It, it, in this case, it wasn't really to show his power. It was because he had compassion on this grieving woman. Ignoring that touching a corpse would make him unclean, Jesus goes up to that, the the people carrying the funeral, he, he touches that, they stop, and he tells that young man to arise. And then that man, he rises up, he sits up, and he begins begins to speak. And Jesus presents this young man alive to his mother, whose tears have turned from tears of sorrow to tears of joy. And everyone there is astounded. They start spreading the word that God has visited his people through this prophet Jesus who's performing these amazing miracles just like the prophet Elisha. And what we see from this encounter is that this grieving mother encounters Jesus and her life and her family are changed forever. And her family is infused with the life-giving power of Christ. And I think this passage can really speak to moms out there who might be grieving this Mother's Day, who might be struggling this Mother's Day, and you need to know Jesus has compassion for you. He has compassion for you. Just as this hurting mother encountered Jesus and found new life and new hope, you can encounter Jesus today and find hope and a power even in your heartbreak. 
Jesus, he sees your hurting. And he's ready to bring hope to your hurting heart. He's ready to bring healing to your hurting heart. You know, there's nothing can break a mother's heart like their children. I mean, if your child is suffering, if your child is sick, if your child is wayward, if you've lost a child, parents will tell you nothing can hurt their heart like their, ch- their children. And most parents would take on the, the, the sickness of their child, the hurt, the death of their child if, if they could. And, and, and mothers, they, they try to protect and guide their children. But the fact is, there are things that are out of our control. Mom, there's things out of your, the control, and you know that. And especially as your children get older and become more and more independent, less and less is in your control. And, and mothers, perhaps you have that weight on you right now. And while you're your child and their problems may be beyond your reach, your child is never out of the reach of God. It's never out of the reach of Christ. And this passage, it shows us this truth, and it invites us to encounter Jesus in our helplessness, in our sadness. So, so what does that look like? How, how does one encounter Jesus like that. Maybe some of you are thinking, oh yeah, I would love for Jesus to come and and to touch my child and and release them from their sickness or or their lostness or or death. But he doesn't walk in the flesh on the earth anymore. And that's true. But he does live. But Jesus does live. And he sits at the right hand of God interceding for those who cry out to him. And you know, we, we celebrated Easter a couple weeks ago. We haven't, we're, we're going to celebrate Pentecost in a couple weeks. And, and you know what that, we, we celebrate that because Jesus, he's at the right hand of God interceding for us. And he sends us his spirit as he's cleansed us and forgiven us from sin. He sends his spirit into his people and, and fills us so that that same power, that same healing that worked through Jesus can now work through his church and work through his people. So yes, it looks a little bit different, but we can still encounter the triune God today. God can still heal the sick. He can still rescue the hurting and restore your loved one. And that means there's hope. There's the hope beyond ourselves. The hope of Jesus was not just a hope for back then. It's a hope for today, beyond ourselves, for our children, for our loved ones. And this grieving widow's encounter with Christ, it can inform our encounter with Christ today as well. So what do we do? How how do we do that? How do we encounter Christ? Well, cry out to God for your child, for your loved one. Um, Psalm 145.18, right? This was one of our memory scriptures Back a few months ago when we talked about spiritual warfare, when we start to lose hope, when we start to wonder if God's really there, Psalm 145.18 says, The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. So the first step is just simply crying out, God, I need you. God, my loved one who's hurting needs you. And the amazing thing about this, this encounter with Jesus that this mother had is she hadn't didn't even know Jesus was there. She didn't cry out to him, and yet Jesus still showed up in her life. And, and this particular miracle, 
it's not just a healing, although we'll be looking at some of those things later in this series. The, the son, he was dead. He was, in terms of the worldly thinking, it was beyond hope. And so you may be ready. As you sit here, you may be ready to give up hope. Maybe you've prayed for years and years, and things have just gotten worse. But when things look impossible, that's exactly when we need to remember our God is beyond possible. He has a power beyond all impossibility. And, and we see here that when things look impossible, that's exactly when we need to remember God. And this grieving mother in Luke 7, I mean, it was impossible. Son was dead, but Jesus shows up. He shows a power beyond the grave. And so, moms, everyone really, keep praying for your loved one. Keep praying for your child. Because if they encounter God, if Jesus shows up in their life, a whole realm of possibilities is open to them. He will burst onto the scene. So continue to hope. Continue to pray. Don't give up. Pray for his intervention. You know, this is an example. Um, I had a seminary professor 20 years ago, and uh, you know, he was telling me about his experience with his mom. <laughs> and his mom was just a, a wonderful woman of faith, but he was not a man of faith at all. In fact, in his teen years, I think his father had left, and so he was very bitter, very angry young man, and, and, uh, but his mom kept praying for him. His mom constantly said, you know, you need the Lord in your life. He can heal your heart. I think his name was Jimmy, you know, and, and he's like, I don't need that, mom. You need to stop praying for me. And in fact, he joined the service because he just wanted to get away from his mom. <laughs> um, Again, he was that bitter towards her, even though, again, she was a wonderful woman, and it was kind of projection from the father, and she would still write him every week, faithfully write him and say, I'm praying for you, Jimmy. I'm praying for you that you would find healing in the Lord. And in fact, I may have told this story before, he, he was so bitter. He was such a jerk that, you know, his mom's like, I just want to know you're okay, Jimmy. So I know you're busy, you know, doing the whole military thing, but here I've enclosed a self-addressed stamped postcard just to send back to me. And you know what he did? He, he did. He put it in the mail, but he didn't even write on it. He didn't even say, write like, thanks, mom, thinking of you. He just literally put the blank card in the mail. That's how much of a jerk he was. But then he encountered Jesus. Then after years and years of prayer, he encountered Jesus, and it changed his life. So that now he's a professor teaching young pastors how to be a pastor. And even more than that, right, he's, he appreciates his mom now, right? He, he's, he'll trump in his classes, he'll trumpet the, the wonderful words of his mom who brought, who through her prayers, Jesus brought a spiritually dead man to life in response to his mother's prayers. God can bring a wayward, estranged child back to God, back to his mother. So moms, everyone who has a loved one, continue to pray. And there's so many examples in Scripture of people persevering in prayer year after year, and finally what seems impossible happens. And there's examples all over the world of, of, of children encountering Jesus, of people getting healed, of relationships being restored, and the spiritually dead finding life. So continue to hope in God. 
He's the only one whose power is greater than all things. Express that hope by continuing to call out to him. But now, I, I know there's some here who are saying, well, yeah, Pastor Joe, you don't understand. It's, it's too late. My, my child, my loved one has passed. Well, this is when we need that encounter with Christ to heal our broken hearts. Because, you know, um, while nothing's impossible with God, God has established a time for everything, right? A time to live and a time to die. And perhaps that season of life has passed. But the time for hope has not passed. You see, there's an important difference there because our ultimate hope is in Christ himself. He brings healing and redemption into every encounter, even if it's not what we expected or looked for. So so grieving moms, or, or if you're grieving today, Maybe you need to cry out to God yourself to encounter him personally. Again, Psalm 145.18 says, The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. And so God can heal your broken heart. And, you know, when I became a parent, I understood love in a profoundly new way. But I also understood heartache and sorrow in a profoundly new way. As a pastor, I've had the joy of baptizing people, consider some of them my spiritual children. But I've also seen many walk away from the faith, the very ones that I've baptized. And so there are many reasons to grieve, but we don't grieve like those who have no hope. Don't give up hope. Keep praying for your loved ones while you still can, while we can still call on the Lord but we also need to remember to call on the Lord for ourselves while we are grieving, that we would encounter him in the midst of our grief and our pain and that God would do a work in us. Cry out to the Lord in your pain and sorrow. Even if you're struggling, especially if you're struggling with doubts and disappointments with God. You know, one of the difficult tests of faith, you know what it is, is that you truly believe that all things are possible with God, right? That you, you believe that. You're a person of faith, and you put your hope in him. But then what happens when that season passes without a healing or, or without bringing the dead to life? Then you struggle with, wait, God, I know you can work miracles, but you didn't. And if it didn't sound so unspiritual, some might admit that yes, their heart is broken over the loss of a loved one, but their heart is also broken because God did not heal or bring to life in that instance. Your heart is broken with disappointment with God. Can you cry out to God even if you're feeling that? Yes, yes you can. The Lord is near to those who call upon him, to those who call upon him in truth. That means you don't fake it. You don't act like, oh God, I'm not really disappointed. Is you lay your heart before God, your sorrow, your laments, and he will bring healing. You will encounter him in a new way. In fact, there's a whole biblical genre where people cry out to God in sorrow and in confusion, and in doubt, asking God, God, why did you let this happen? 
It's called lament. There's a whole book in the Bible called Lamentations. <laughs> now, what's a lament? What's a lamentation? It's basically, it's a passionate expression of grief, of loss, of sorrow that acknowledges something terrible has happened or will happen. And when a lament, we don't really do this very well in the, in the West, but when a lament is directed towards God, it can be a powerful expression of trust in God, acknowledgement of God and God, saying, God, I want to encounter you afresh, even in the midst of pain. It's not pretending that something terrible is really oh, all unicorns and rainbows. No, it's acknowledging something's happened. It is awful. It is worth weeping about. It's worth crying about. But Lord, I want to encounter you in this pain. It's a whole genre. And again, the book of Lamentations is an example of that. Now, the book of Lamentations was written by Jeremiah, and it was written after the destruction of Jerusalem in 586 B.C. Uh, we're looking at uh, a lot of this exile and destruction in our uh, Wednesday night study in Ezekiel, because he also was a prophet that talks about the destruction of Jerusalem. And, you know, when Jerusalem was destroyed by the Babylonians, they came and they were a, a ferocious people. And despite many prayers to God, God, don't let this destruction happen. It happened. Many children were killed. And others were carried away as slaves into exile. The only thing left to do was to lament their loss. To grieve at the fallenness of the world. To be real and raw in prayer. And, and express that sorrow. And in that expression of sorrow, there's that acknowledgement of a need. Of a need for an encounter with God. To bring you up out of yourself, out of the situation. And so let's read a lamentation. Is Lamentations 3, 16 through 24. I'm going to start with now, if you read the whole book of Lamentations, there's a lot of this. But it, verse 16 says, He, who? God, has made my teeth grind on gravel and made me cower in ashes. My soul is bereft of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. So I say, my endurance has perished. So has my hope from the Lord. Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. Do you hear this? And again, Lamentations goes on. Did you hear that? I have, there's no happiness for me anymore. Have you ever felt that way? My teeth are like grinding on gravel. I'm in pain. There's, I can't find any peace. I don't have endurance anymore. I don't even have hope in the Lord anymore. Now, some people say, oh, that's awfully unspiritual. It's in the Bible. <laughs> I think it's okay that this is a prayer of lamentation. And if you've ever felt like that, the Bible invites you to raise that stuff up to the Lord. And look, let's read the rest of it. And this is where our, that hymn that we sang, the first hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness, that, that hymn is based on this, this next part of Lamentation. It says, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. What, what do you call to mind? How do you have hope? The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. 
They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Thinking, wow, how'd they switch so quick? No, it's, it's more of because I'm spent. As the, 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 the person writing Lamentation says, because I am spent and the situation is awful. And, and yeah, I don't understand why God has allowed this to happen. Because of all that, I need God more. I need God more because one thing I know is even when I don't understand, even when things are sorrowful, I know that God's steadfast love endures. I know that God endures. So in the midst of this, God, I need you even more. That's what really lamentations, it turns to that. It's a crying out for ourselves, not just the situation. Our crying out for our own need to encounter God. And in biblical example, after biblical example, when people lament and cry out to God in the midst of their pain, that encounter with God that comes changes them. It changes their perspective. It brings healing and restoration and hope beyond themselves. And this is not just in lamentations. You know, another important example of biblical lament where that can be found? Jesus on the cross. Jesus said a few things, but one thing he said is, my, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That is a quote from Psalm 22, which is a lament psalm. That Jesus, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he, he prayed, God, uh, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, your will, will be done. And so he knew that, no, that the time was fixed, that, that he was going to undergo torture and death. So he cries out to God, still hoping in him. And then Jesus went to glory and encountered the Father again. So even when hope in God changing the situation has passed, we can still hope to encounter him. And so for those of you who are grieving, and especially if you're a mom, understand when you cry out to God, you're not crying out to a God who has abandoned you. You're crying out to a God who's actually died for you, who's taken on pain, for you. You're not crying out to a being who doesn't understand pain. You're crying out to a God who knows what it's like to lose a son. In fact, he gave that precious son so that you and your children could be eternally saved by placing their faith in him. That Christ experienced the pain of death and loss so we can encounter God forever. And you know, there's many people here who are, yes, you're grieving the loss of a loved one. Maybe you're grieving the loss of your mom today. Maybe you're thinking of your mom. But you're rejoicing in that promise that there can be an eternal encounter with God because God didn't spare his son so that we would live in him. So we need to remember this. But again, Jesus not only died, he also lives. He lives so that we can cry out to him right now. Again, not just for our own hearts, but for our loved ones. Because Jesus, he specializes in death to life. That's his thing. And, and so it's not just in his resurrection, but in his earthly ministry. He raised up that widow's son to show us something. So don't give up hope, grieving mom. As Jesus raised that, that grieving widow's son to life, he can bring new life to your child. He can bring new life to your loved one who's lost, who's hurt, suffering. So keep crying out for your loved one. 
But again, if that season has passed, then you can lament your loss as you seek to encounter God in the midst of that loss. So also keep remembering to cry out for yourself. Cry out for yourself and your pain. Because an encounter with Christ, it changes everything. It will change everything for your loved one, but it will also change everything for you as you suffer. An encounter with God brings the dead to life. It brings healing. It brings hope to a broken heart. So mothers, be encouraged. Take heart and take hope in Christ. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you that you are a God who understands the pain. Lord, you're not a God who's aloof. You're a God who take, took on human flesh, suffered and died, so that we would have a hope beyond ourselves. Lord, you are the God who raised the widow's child to life. And Lord, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would move in this sanctuary. God, there's so many here and who are online who de desire an encounter with you, a healing of their broken heart. Lord, we raise up to you, and you know our hearts. We raise up to you each hurt, each sorrow, each grief, each disappointment with you, God, and pray that you do a work in us. And even in the, that confession, even in that laying bare of our hearts before you, God, again, you would bring that healing. And Lord, each, there's many here who have a loved one, a son or daughter even, on their hearts right now. They're suffering, they're hurting, they're lost. Lord, you see each one of our concerns. And right now, Lord, we raise up our loved ones to you. We raise them up to you and ask that you would intervene. Lord, knowing that if they encounter you, you will change everything. And Lord, you, he you hear us. You hear these cries. You hear the cries of each person here and the cries, even those watching online. Lord, intervene. And Lord, we also pray that you'd intervene in our hearts. We want to encounter you. Bring healing. And thank you, Lord. Thank you that we're a God, you're a God who we can even cry out to right now. And in faith, we look forward to what you're going to do. What you're going to do in our, our loved ones' lives and what you're going to do in our lives in the midst of all of this. Because you've proven yourself trustworthy through Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.